Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm super excited that my dear friend, Emily Cole, is joining us, my dear Instagram friend today, (laughs) fellow foster mama. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for just spreading the word about foster care. It's, it's so encouraging following people like you. It's definitely helped us through our journey. So excited to be here. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about your foray into foster care. So it's always been on my heart to either adopt or somehow be involved with children who are just less fortunate. I I grew up not in a a wealthy family by any means, but just a lot of love and very, very close with my family. And we knew from early on that that wasn't normal for everybody. I've got three younger brothers and we're very close and my parents are very close with us. They're still married. Even that is rare these days. And so it's just been something that's on my heart that we were so fortunate and lucky growing up. And how was I going to give back, you know, once I was an adult. And so my husband and I have one biological son and, you know, we get to that, that time where you have the conversation or are you going to have more? And we had a pretty traumatic birth story and first couple of months and unfortunately everything's fine. And that's not really the only reason that I didn't want to get pregnant again, but we put off getting pregnant again right away um, or trying to get pregnant. And I said, I think this might be a good time for us to pursue something else. Um, and so that kind of is what opened up the door at least is we had one biological son and then we wanted to grow our family. So we just started to explore other options. Okay. So was foster care something that you, like, when did you start thinking specifically about foster care? I have a a good friend who adopted domestically. And so I actually sat down with her and one of her good friends who is like a home study professional. And we just talked about the ins and outs of domestic adoption. And obviously that is a great option for people, but our conversation also veered towards foster care when I asked them their experience about that. And they told me the little bit that they knew. And so I went home and did my own research. And I think foster care is one of those things where once you start researching and you dig up this information, it's just something that you can't unknow. And once that was in my brain and once I was sharing that with my husband, there really wasn't even a discussion anymore of which route we were going to go because this, this was such a need and we knew about it now that we couldn't turn our backs on it anymore. So, Mm, yeah, yeah, you're so right. That's exactly, exactly it. Once you start learning about just how much need there is, it's like we, like you said, like we can be so in our own like privileged bubble. If we want to stay there, we can. And, mm-hmm. it, and once you start to hear and explore outside of that stories about kids in need, you're right. It just changes you. And you're like, I can't ignore this. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So your husband was on board totally. And you guys he said, was. Yep. 
And that's something we learned about early on. I have listened to, I think, every podcast out there about foster care and read every book because we do our research with anything. You know, we're, we're um, entrepreneurs and we own a business together, multiple businesses. And so we, we try to do our homework. And so I didn't want to go into it blind. And so we did a lot of research. And one thing that I kept hearing was that both people in the relationship have to be on board. And so while, yes, I was the person to initially bring it up, I made sure that my husband, Jesse was right next to me in all the decisions because it it wouldn't have worked out long-term if he was not, you know, a total team player in this new endeavor. And so, yeah, he was, he was definitely on board from the beginning or I wouldn't have pushed it. Okay. So, and now how old was your son when you decided, yes, we're starting this foster care process? So he was two, um, actually now he was still one and we were talking about it and this is actually the beginning of the COVID pandemic. So last spring I was reading a book by Marie Forleo called Mm -hmm. everything is figure outable and it had been foster care had been something that we were talking about, but I needed that book to say, to tell me, you know, Hey, there's never going to be a perfect time. You will figure it out at the, at the time. My husband and I were traveling a lot for work and we were back and forth between multiple states. And I mean, I didn't even know which state we would be licensed in. We traveled so much and we, I read the book and I went to him and I was like, you know what? Everything's figure outable. We'll figure it out. I think that we need to just start taking those steps. And so we actually filled out the first piece of paperwork on our son's second birthday. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I love, I, that's one of my favorite book titles ever because it's yeah. so true. And I, I tell people all the time, like our anxiety tells us that we're not going to know what to do. We're not going to be able to cope. And that's exactly what we need to hear is like, you know, you might not know right now, but when the time comes, you will figure it out. It'll be Absolutely. okay. Yeah. I love yeah. that you went in with that attitude. That's so helpful. It was just that little extra push at the end. You know, we had talked about it, but you're always going to have apprehension and tell yourself, oh, I might get hurt or, oh, this might not work out, but you just have to at some point take a leap. And so, yeah, that book kind of put us over the edge and uh, made us get the paperwork and actually start filling it out. So. so good. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. Now, I know a lot of people are like, I don't know, like, how's this going to affect my biological child or children? Did you guys have those thoughts? And how did you kind of talk through those and overcome that if so? Yeah, I'm definitely not an Instagram professional by any means, but I just actually posted about this yesterday because our son, who is now almost three, asked me when he was alone with me, mommy, where is our foster daughter's mommy. Uh And so we did, we had those thoughts, you know, how, how am I going to willingly crush our son? You know, how am I going to bring him into this world of pain? But overall, the, the thought that we kept coming back to was that we were going to make him stronger because of it. And we were going to expose him to things that fortunately he would not be exposed to. And I don't necessarily think that that's what's going to help our world in the future is by keeping our privileged kids in their bubble. It doesn't make sense. And so yes, there will be hurt and yes, he will not understand some things, but that's how life is. And if we can 
kind of teach him now to have empathy towards people and that not everybody is born with the same opportunities. I just, overall, we thought that we would be doing more good for the adult in him that we're raising than bad. And so, yes, we were worried a little bit and we had a lot of people warn us about that. Oh, you have to think about your son. You know, he's a Mm -hmm. toddler. He doesn't know what's going on. But ultimately the relationship between them has been so beautiful and I have seen him mature and show so much empathy towards her that I didn't even understand that two-year-olds could have. And so I take back any any worries that I had about getting our biological children or child involved. And I think that of course it's a valid worry, but there are so many families who are foster families who will tell you their biological children are better because of it. So I will stand by that. (laughs) I will stand by that with you. I definitely worried for sure because my kids were old enough to be expressing verbally while we were taking the classes. They were like, uh, you're going to spend all your time with a baby and you're not going to have enough time for me. My oldest son was like, if there's three of us, that means there's going to be 33.3% of your time oh with me. And, 33.3, and I'm like, He's Oh my God. He's like yeah. pulling out the math on you. Well, his dad's a math teacher. So he comes by honestly, but I was like, Oh my gosh, like his little mind, I could just see the wheels turning. And yeah. so then that made me nervous, you know, sure. but then it's so crazy. You're right. Like the time when the child comes to your home, it's like, boom, like the kids are so they're, they're hard are the most open towards, towards these kids. So tell us what that was like when you got that first call for your placement. What was that? What was that like for you? Well, I'll touch on this for a moment because we actually said no to our first call. And that's something that, again, we talked a lot about before we got the call was what were we able to accept? And there's a stat out there. I don't know exactly what it is, but that the first year is when most foster parents fall off and they say, we can't do this. It's harder than we thought. And so we really wanted to overcome that stat. We really wanted to make sure that we were not one of the ones who signed up for it and tried it and just quit because it was, it was hard. That being said, we knew that we had to set parameters and we could not accept something that we couldn't handle at the time. And so we said that we were going to accept placements two and under because not that you need to stay in birth order. Um, I'm okay with disrupting birth order, but for us, we have a very busy lifestyle. We knew how to parent babies and toddlers. And so just again, to get our feet wet, we said, let's stick with what we know. And so we said two and under because our son was, you know, just two and a half at the time. And we got a call for a three and a half year old who is very rambunctious and had a lot of issues and it was hard, but we said no. And so that led to our next call, which was a yes. Mm -hmm. And that was a two-year-old little girl. And she is very sweet and of course has had trauma in her life, but fortunately she has not come from the worst trauma. And so we've already made huge strides and really the best thing I think that's come out of it is the relationship between her and our son Maverick. I think they're really good for each other, which is another vote for having biological children and bringing them in. I mean, he has helped her so much, but she's helped him and just it goes both ways and they're basically twins, which I thought was going to be insanely hard, (laughs) but um, again, it's good. They're, they're playmates and they're teaching each other how to share and they're pushing each other's vocabulary and their development. And so, yeah, it was actually a very easy transition. And I know that that's not normal for most people. And I'm not trying to preach to people that it is an easy thing, but for us, we have a really simple, easy story so far. Wow. That's amazing. And I love that you said that, like, that you did say no at first because I, so did we, we had a couple calls. We had actually two, I think. And we had said the same thing. We said, you know what, if we're going to do this, we have to be confident 
in what we can do right now. It's not that down the road that couldn't change, but right now today we feel very firmly about this. And so when we can say yes, it's going to be a confident yes for both of us. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you were able to do it because look where you guys are now. I know it's crazy. How things might not have been right. If it had started out really, really traumatic for your family. I know, <laughs> I know exactly. And yeah, same. I mean, your, you know, relationship of, of Maverick and your um, foster daughter, like that just is beautiful. And that wouldn't yeah. have been if you had said, you know, yes to the other placement. So, right. Exactly. So what, so what's the age difference between them? Three months. Exactly. Three months. Oh yeah. He's goodness. three months older than her. So. Wow. Okay. And of so course she's a little bit more developmentally behind, Yeah, uh, but I swear she's catching up every day and <laughs> she's, Amazing. she's a girl. So I think she's just naturally, you know, strong and yes. smart. And <laughs> catching him. <laughs> so what is the, what's the process been like so far for you? What have you guys, what have been like the hard things for you and the really joyful things for you in this process so far? The most joyful has been just to see her, um, advance, Mm -hmm. you know, day one, we were told she won't sleep in a crib. So you're going to have to co-sleep and that's fine if you do, but for our family, we just don't, we don't (laughs) co-sleep. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to have to change that because she's not going to sleep with us. And (laughs) so, and all it really took was her learning that somebody would come back for her in the crib. Of course, you know, it's, of course she wants to be with the adult because she had been left for however long by herself in a dark room. And so she was terrified of the dark. She was terrified of cribs. Um, She was terrified of books. I don't know why. And so it was just overcoming those things. And now she points to her crib. She asks to go to bed. She asks for bedtime stories and it's been two months. And so just the joy of seeing her grow and overcome those things in such a short amount of time is so beautiful and so rewarding. The hard things are, of course, the visits, you know, when your foster child goes and sees biological family, um, we are very much rooting for bio family in this situation, but it visits are tough. You know, our foster daughter comes home a different person Mm -hmm. after them. She is completely different than she is other days of the week. So that's really tough. And then I think just navigating communication with DSS and doctor's offices and things that I had never, again, I was in my privileged little bubble. I didn't know how hard it was to deal with Medicaid and, you know, DSS and different doctor's offices who won't do certain tests because I don't have her birth history and any of that that stuff. I think I was just naive and thought I would be able to walk, walk in and say, I'm foster mom, you know, I'm here to help. And they would all want to sign up and help. But when the child has never been to a doctor in her life and there are no records, they can't jump in and help. So I think that has been the hardest thing for me is just navigating that stuff. Um, but there has of course been much more joy. <laughs> yes. So it's been two months and how are they giving you any kind of like, here's where we're headed in the next six months or whatever. It's just like, we have no idea what's happening next. Yeah. We're getting nothing, which is hard. Um, but I'm, I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing that that's normal. So I'm just yeah. trying to sit back and not control, which is hard for me. Um, yeah. but you can't in this world, we can't control it. And I have no idea what'll happen tomorrow. So our goal has always been just to love her and create a foundation for her that no matter where she is in two weeks or two years, she has some sort of foundation. And so that's really all we can do right now. Mm, It's so good. It's so much that you're doing. You know, I think that like, it's just, it's such a blessing and it's just such a 
a sweet gift that you're giving, you know, whether she stays long-term with you or goes back to bio family, it's just a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to someone who is considering foster care right now, but it's kind of like on the fence about it? Uh, You know, I hear this on every podcast or in every book that I read, but there is a way for each person to be involved in foster care. You don't have to be foster parents. I get having a crazy life and having too many kids to keep up with as it is or, or whatever it is that maybe weeds your family out from being a foster family right now. But the village that came around us when we started was unbelievable. You know, people brought us meals, people brought us toys, people brought us clothes, people brought us things for our bio son. Anybody can do that stuff. And so I think if you just insert yourself into the world and help somebody who is involved in foster care, you don't have to be a foster parent. Of course, that's a wonderful blessing. And I promise you will cherish the times that you have with your kids, foster kids, um, if you do want to become one. But I think that really it's just knowing that you can be involved in some way and, and really help this massive, massive issue that we have. Yeah, it's so true. It's so big. And it's like this pandemic has made it just like crazy difficult for everybody who's, who's doing this, this thing called foster care. So yeah. 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 It's very isolating. It can be, especially Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. So even just reaching out to somebody and saying like, I'm proud of you, or let me bring you dinner. It, it just helps. So, yeah. yeah. Was it easy for you to accept help? I know you and your husband are like entrepreneurs and like self-starters. <laughs> like, was it hard or easy for you to be like, okay, yeah, I guess that we should accept this village around us. Yeah. It was easy again, because I did so much research and everybody said, don't turn it away because <laughs> in a year, nobody's going to think to bring you a meal and you're going to want it. And so involve those people from the beginning so that they can be a part of her story. What's so cool is that so many of our friends and family have our met her now because they brought us things when she first came and they're invested now in her because they've seen her, you know, they've seen that she's just a normal little girl. And I think if I had put up those walls and not accepted anything, it wouldn't be as personal to them. Mm -hmm. And so for us, yeah, it was, Hey, our doors are open. Come on over, hang out with us, have dinner with us and get Uh to know her rather than just drop off dinner. And so, yeah, we, we really took that approach as an opportunity to invite people into the foster care world. That's such a gift because I feel like so many people, it's a, it's a thing that they just don't know anything about. They're like, wait, what, how could you like, we actually had people say to us, like not our close friends, but acquaintances that were like, what, like, why would you, why yeah. would you want to do that? I'm like, are you okay? Never mind. Like, we're not going to talk about that right now, I guess, but it's just amazing. And I think it's a gift to them to be able to say like, see, it's not the scary thing that you thought it was before you saw this girl's face, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That has helped so much. Just put a face to the name and to the whole foster care world and it makes it more real for them. So yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Where could people follow along with your journey online? So Instagram, I am at mcole3. Um, we we post what we can on Instagram and Facebook. We're pretty active on, on both Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, I'm sure we can link those and people can follow along. But yeah, we post what we can and encouraging and little tips about foster care. But again, we're just getting started. We're only a couple of months in, but hopefully that 
makes it so that we're not, you know, unapproachable because we are so new at this and we're not claiming to, to know it all. So I'd love for somebody to reach out and ask questions. This is going to be, I think my new life purpose to just bring awareness um, and advocate for foster children. So I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. It's so true. It's like, like you said, like once you see, you can't unsee, once you start doing, you can't stop doing. It's just, yeah a passion that is just there. And I love that you're sharing that with other people and inviting them into it. And so thank you so much. Thank you. You're doing the same thing. And again, like I said, it's just so helpful to have other people encouraging you and saying, I understand, or I've been there before. Cause again, for me, everybody has been there before because <laughs> I'm so new. And so thank you for spreading the word. It's so helpful. Absolutely. 